Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. All right. How many of you were here last year by show of hand? It's about half. That's really cool, though, that half of you were not here last year. And Jamie rang in. I was thinking about something else that you do. You have helped with the Priscilla sponsorships in, in different times with that, with the Uganda kids. But okay. Um, I, I think for a minute, I just have to go back to where we were last year at this time in the text so that where I'm going to go tonight. Uh, makes sense. So it's kind of a part two, but we can all go through part one so fast. Um, So Lord, I just pray, um, Holy Spirit, that you speak through me. I'm your vessel, Father. I pray that any words that are idle, that are vain, that they would just fall flat, Father. I pray for your word to bring an eternal harvest, God, because your word never fails. Prepare our hearts to receive, and you You take what you want from tonight, Father. You grow what you want from tonight, Father, to send to the ends of the earth, Father, as we open your word together. Amen. Okay, so last year, um, I spoke mostly on Proverbs 31, 14. And Proverbs 31, 14 simply says, She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food or her goods from afar. And that's on the podcast. If you've not listened to it before, you'll probably want to go back and listen after we go through the next few minutes. But the bottom line about Proverbs 31 is that it it describes a woman, whether that woman is a picture of the bride of Christ, whether that woman is wisdom personified, or whether it is a literal woman from that time. Uh, I'm not sure, but but it describes these characteristics of of a woman. And I tend to lean toward the interpretation that it paints a picture of the, of the bride of Christ, which would be us as part of the church. And so in reading that verse that we talked about last year, that she's like a merchant ship that brings her goods uh, from afar, um, we just talked about how our lives are like that, how we, we bring the things of, of the kingdom to, to the world around us, whether that's the fruit of the Spirit, whether that's the gifts of the Spirit, uh, whatever the for such a time is this thing that we're called to, our lives are like a merchant ship. So does that make sense? Everybody's got it? That's where we are. Okay, so I um, just the day after we did this last year, I, I wrote a letter. I started a letter to my daughters that someday I want to turn into a book that just expounds upon this thought because it is so deep and it's so wide and it's so nuanced to me. And in the most, the most simple way that I could think for myself to be able to communicate it is by writing a letter to my daughters, that particular audience. And then if other people want to come along in that journey and read it someday that's fine. So in just a minute, I'm going to read you a little bit of what I've written to my daughters. Uh, but my experience in the past year has, has been that uh, my life felt like a merchant ship, and I got put out on an assignment, and that was, that was great, and that was fine. Um, but as I think about you guys tonight, um, I, I told the Entourage board today that this night with, with, the vol- with volunteers, um, with women who show up when it's hard to show up, 
it feels like an evening of consecration and really an evening of paving the way um, because I feel like we get this opportunity to kind of end the year, in this year, and to, to begin in the next year. And so I do have this very strong burden and belief on my heart that you guys are all merchant ships and that you have these huge assignments on your, they may not feel huge to you, they may not look huge to the world, or they may look ginormous by man's standards, that doesn't matter, but I believe that everyone in here has these crazy assignments on their life, and that God wants to just send you out to set sail, and so I've seen in, in 2021 and in 2022, I've just seen the Lord do that, with, even amongst our own team of entourage, just put us on some crazy assignments that I'm like, Lord, what in the world are we going to be doing in spring of 23? <laughs> because it's just been real uh, interesting. And, um, and so one thing that I've taken away from that is that I think I truly believe that God wants to do that within every woman that comes in into this. And it's not, it's not for our development, our advancement, our personal name or the name of entourage. It's for his kingdom. He's just found a hungry people here. And I love it. And so all of that to say... I, I feel this burden of stewardship like, Lord, I recognize that we have something to steward. I really want every woman that walks in and walks out to walk in this revelation that you have this kind of call upon her life to go upon the high sea and to do these things, whatever these things are. And so as I think about a part two to, to that, um, that your life is like a merchant ship and you bring your goods, your goods from afar, um, I think that it would be dishonest if I didn't say that the way that the ship sets sail of our life is through surrender. And, and that is where I want to spend the next few minutes of our time talking about surrender. And I know, you'll see those little surrender, take them home book, bookmarks for your, for your Bible Surrender is such a broad term, such a generic term that it's hard to just like when, when I say it, you're probably hearing something and you're forming a thought about what that means or what that doesn't mean. But really, if you look at the entire Bible, if you look at the entire gospel, there's not actually that I can think of really a biblical principle that is not directly tied to surrender, whether that is forgiveness, whether that is salvation, whether that is sowing, whether that is tithing, um, it really, whether, whether it's humbling yourself, walking in obedience, it's all surrender. So you actually don't really find the word surrender in, in most translations outside of a kind of a war context, a battle, usually Old Testament con context. But we have all these other words that in stories that would paint a picture of surrender from Genesis to Revelation. And, um, and so even though I want to press a little bit hard on surrender for all of us tonight, and I just want to say that I feel like, um, have you ever been in a class, this is a pause moment, have you ever been in class where like you're hoping the teacher doesn't call on you because you like don't have the full answer figured out yet? You know what I mean? Like maybe you didn't read the book or something, and you're like, oh, don't call on me, don't call on me. I sort of feel like that. I feel like I am in a journey of surrender, and I'm like, Lord, I'm going to do my best with where you have me. Um, I'm, I'm homeschooling my girls this year, by the way, and um, learning all about my own limits and their limits in that. And sometimes when we learn something new, because I'll look at their material before we do it, and I'm like, 
they don't know how to do this. I'm like, I know that they literally don't know how to do this. They don't have the, they've not learned it yet. We have to learn something new today. Ah! And so um, Foster, my oldest, is a little dramatic. And I'll tell her, okay, you're going to learn something new. You don't know how to do it. Don't freak out. I'm going to show you. <laughs> I just set it up because if I don't say it like that, then I'll like put it on the board and she'll be like, I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, I know, but I've told you. And so this is where I think I am a bit with sir with surrender as a fairly um, a believer that's walked with the Lord for a long time I've surrendered as much as I've known how to surrender but I think the Lord the Holy Spirit is like the teacher tonight kind of putting his hands around our face saying I know you don't know how yet but I'm gonna show you you're gonna learn a new depth of surrender and that's what it's gonna take to go the places that I'm calling you to go. So I'm just laying it out there. That's where I'm at. I don't have it figured out. I'm in the middle of it. So surrender. Your life is like a merchant ship, but surrender activates activates it. So this is a little uh, interesting. Um, so again, I'm going to go into this letter that I wrote my girls. It's a letter, but it's sort of a story. Okay, so if you get confused, that's okay. No one has ever heard this but you guys. Uh, so this is the, the letter part where I'm about to transition into painting this picture for them so that they can understand um, about their life being like a ship. It says, as you know, girls, I cannot even drive a pontoon boat. I have a hard time navigating getting back to Bibi's Lake House from the nearby marina. And the only time I went deep sea fishing with your dad, I took so much dramamine that I fell asleep. Despite these nautical shortcomings, I have this blazing revelation in my heart that my life is like a mysterious ship. And it is importing and exporting goods from the kingdom, from one place to another, across the beautiful and powerful seas. I cannot shake this from my own life, and I do not want you to live your life without this truth fueling your, ves your vessel and your voyage. Now be still before the Lord. He is the captain and craftsman alike. Ask him to give you a greater revelation about what it means that you're like a merchant ship, otherwise known as a vessel. Ask him to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. So Lord, I pray that for my daughters, but I pray that for my friends and my sisters in this room. Okay, so now we're going to shift into storyland, okay? Everybody, I'm not reading the Bible. This is not the Bible. This is a made-up story, like, of me dialoguing, and I'm talking to my girls. So it's not always going to make sense. So does everyone got the context? I've written it to my girls. However, I will say, if you hear things in this, it is all based on biblical principle. So if anything throws you off and you're like, that's pretty weird, ask me about it, because I, I got it from the Bible to try to paint this picture. So... Girls, imagine now that we are approaching our favorite beach somewhere in the panhandle of Florida on the Gulf of Mexico. Who's been to the panhandle of Florida or any beach anywhere? Okay. All right. It's, you should go sometime. It's wonderful. Let's envision that it's early morning with all the pinks and golds that float atop of the emerald waters accompanied by the small waves, little white caps. In this moment, you're at the end of the boardwalk and at the edge of the steps, which will descend down to the beach, but also affords you the first glimpse of the morning horizon. Can you see it? Isn't it lovely? Do you see the dolphins in the background and hear the birds? Can you taste the salt and smell the sea? But now look intently. There's something noticeably different today. 
There's no beach chairs set up. There's no walkers on the shorelines. There's no one else in sight. Now shift from imagination to invitation and step into the story as I share it in a different person. From the beach, so this is you guys now. You have to shift. So now pretend this is you in the story, okay? From the beach access steps, you look upward, intend to check the daily warning flags to see if there's a dangerous tide, which would be a double red flag, or marine life, which would be a purple flag, keeping the day's plans at bay. If you've never been to the beach, that is a thing. When you go to the beach, like a, there's a flag that lets you know what the condition of the beach is. It's letting you know how the water's moving, not moving, what's in the water, everything you really need to know about the day, you can observe kind of at this beach, beach flag. So, on this day, you observe a new flag. It's a white cloth-looking flag. There's two of them, actually. This is unusual because you know from other ocean outings that white flags are not part of beach safety. In fact, it's common knowledge that white flags are actually universally known for surrender or being conquered. As you contemplate what in the world is transpiring, you hear a voice near you say, the white flags do mean something. Would you like to know what they mean? Hello? Who said that? You muster up a confused and cautious response for a voice that you hear but cannot see. The voice speaks back to you, and its sound is so in sync with your heartbeat that you realize the voice is coming not just from near you, but inside of you. Your body trembles in a holy awe, but then a warm peace steals and overwhelms the part of you that at first felt felt amiss and undone. I am the Holy Spirit of the living God, the helper, the advocate, your friend, the voice of truth, and you, daughter of God, are my dwelling place. You again try to find your bearings and attempt to determine quickly if you're awake or if you're dreaming, if you're alive or if you're dead. You're You're only certain of your own uncertainty at this point. Then the voice, again, this is the Spirit of God, begins to intercede for you. And you feel prayers usher to heaven from the core of your being. You don't just hear them and feel them. You actually see them begin to cover your entire body. Words like lace covering all of you with light and even planting seeds in your heart. These words are the prayers that you've wanted to pray but haven't known what to say before. They're the desires of your heart coming out rapidly. As the Spirit of God is praying for you, you are being lifted up into the light, and an incense is coming from you, and it smells otherworldly. You'll later learn that it's actually the smell of the fragrance of Christ himself, because he's also interceding for you in this moment. There's not a single sense that isn't activated in what's going on. The Spirit's voice this time sounds like living waters coming out at full force, saying this over and over again and praying for me or praying for you. According to your will, Father, through what Jesus brought near, open the eyes of her heart that she may know the hope to which she has been called, the riches of your glorious inheritance for her as a holy daughter and of the incomparable and great power for her because she believes. Show her that the grace exists to surrender her life fully to you. And then... Your eyes begin to see more clearly. What was a normal beach landscape now seems to be something more like the shores of heaven. You're being transformed from glory to glory right now 
all caught up in his grace that was just prayed over you by heaven himself. You are still atop the access steps, but now there are angels ascending and descending around you. Their appearance is not like anything you've seen before, but the Spirit of God inside of you lets you know that's what they are, and they're actually ministering to you what the Spirit just interceded on your behalf. The angels are lovely, but there are a people in the skyline even more radiant than the angels. They seem to be on looking and cheering for something. Truth speaks up again from the inside, directing your thoughts and guiding your understanding with a discernment about exactly what you're seeing this time. Those are the cloud of witnesses. They are members of the household of faith who have gone before you. They see the call of God on your life, and they are encouraging you to move forward in surrender. They see in full what you only see in part. They see the destinies of those connected to your story and your obedience, and they see what God wants to do through your life of surrender. They see a bigger picture of the kingdom than you do right now, but you're only a step away from all of it. The white flags that you see flying indicate that you've prayed a prayer of surrender, and that has triggered all of this. The first white flag that you see is the swaddling cloth of Jesus as an infant placed upon him in his surrender to live the life of a man. The second white flag that you see are the grave clothes placed upon him, but undone by his resurrection power. A now constant reminder that death surrendered itself to him. Every son and daughter of God who begins to understand that with their surrender comes resurrection power signals to heaven that there's an earthen vessel ready to set sail. Your ship of surrender will be arriving soon. The choice to step out or to remain is yours alone. And that's where I just stop that for right now. But that's what I feel like the Lord would encourage us with tonight. And I'm going to go in just a minute to Galatians 2. But yes, walking in the revelation that our lives are so sacred because they've been redeemed by him. They're so timely that we've been placed upon this earth for such a time as this. And they're so capable in terms of, of, of capacity bearing to do what he's called us to do. But it's literally the step of surrender that activates all of those things. And um, again, surrender is a, a lot of things. For some of you, surrender may mean picking something up, surrendering pride to be willing to do something that the Lord's called you to do. Uh, for some of you, surrender may look like putting something down. I think that you'll find that rhythm throughout Scripture where it is a combination of both. It's like a dance with the Lord. Uh, if you consider uh, one of my favorite examples of surrender is uh, Moses' mother, Jochebed, that uh, has to put her child in the water and surrender, uh, surrender him into the hand of God. And then she has to pick him back up to take care of him. And then she has to put him back down into the palace at another time. And you see, you see literally this kind of uh, rhythm of surrender that the Lord uh, brings into so many narratives of Scripture, often narratives that are led by women. It, it, that's not a, uh, like, <laughs> there's no male or female in Christ. Uh, but I do think there's an element of surrender that we carry, even, you know, in our nature. Um, if you think about how Adam was, 
Adam was created, right? And then in Genesis 2, the Lord puts Adam into a sleep, and he takes something from Adam, and he, he forms something out of it. And so it's really the first act of surrender uh, really comes in, in the way that woman was created. And, and I think just a caution that I would give as I talk about surrender Depending on what your walk with the Lord looks like or what your history has been, that may just feel, you may hear me saying like, the Lord wants to take something from you. And um, I think that we should remember that uh, surrender, it's, it's reciprocal. The Lord surrendered first and we surrender back to him. Almost everything in our lives that would be an, an example that we could think of, there's not a surrender that he led with first. Whether that's giving you a call upon your life, he, he, he allowed you to have something to carry from the kingdom of heaven in this earth. And then you surrender it back to him. And so um, the difference in, in theft and trespass and surrendering is that one ends and one multiplies. It's just like a, a seed go, going into the ground. Um, for most of my life, my favorite Bible verse was Galatians 2.20. I don't need to look it up. It says, for I'm crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And um, that's that is the essence of life in Christ. It's the essence of the gospel. And Bill Johnson has a quote, I think Veronica shared it the other day, where he said, you can't really live somewhere until you've died. Wait, I just butchered that. How does it go, Veronica? That's the heart of it. I think you shared it on your Facebook, didn't you? You can't live, what is the quote? You can't live where you haven't died. That's right. That's it. I was close. You can't live where you haven't died. And I think that is what the Lord is inviting us into. And I know it's like, wow, an invitation to die. Um, yes, but it's an invitation to live. It's an the difference is living a carnal life and living a life with resurrection power, right? If oxygen in our lungs is the indicator of, of life, um, for all of humanity, then um, there should be a different indicator for resurrection life when it is pulsating through your veins. It's not just oxygen in your, in your lungs. It's literally the breath of heaven coming out of your entire being. But it costs something, and it costs your, your surrender. And so where this story is going to go, but it's not gone there yet, is obviously my daughter's going to be given a choice to, to board this ship and, and to flag their white flag of, of surrender as well in the same way that the Lord has modeled that. And so for me this year, um, I learned a lot, about, a lot about myself. I learned um, areas that I was okay to surrender in. And then I did discover that there were gaps in my heart that were harder to surrender, like blind spots that I didn't know were there. It's almost like Valerie's a retired teacher. I was talking to her. It's like... Um, Again, homeschool, it's like testing, giving a test. When I give my daughters a test, like I know in advance, okay, they're ready for this or they're going to miss these. I just literally, they're going to miss these questions because I know that they don't know this for whatever, for whatever reason. But you have to have that test. It's like a, it's a marker and it shows you where you are. And the Lord does test us. The Lord does not tempt us. Those are two different words, tempting, testing. And he doesn't test us so that we fail. He tests us so that our, our faith is strengthened in him, so that he shows us 
hey, this is a blind spot. So when I say that I'm learning this, I feel like I've been in a surrender test where he showed me, okay, that went really well. And then what happened? What happened over here? And that's where I'm at processing, processing that out with him right now. But I know, I know that if the call of the believer, if the most important commandment is to love the Lord God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, love my neighbors, myself, then there's some all my heart issues of surrender that have to be dealt with if I want to go further out onto the open seas. Does anyone else feel that? No? Yeah? Okay. Um, Again, it's not like, it's like I want to encourage you and I want to, yeah, like, yes, I want to be really encouraging, but this also does feel a little bit sobering. Um, But they, they go together, like God has these awesome plans for you if you're just willing to die first. So that is the invitation for this evening. That is the invitation for the evening. And, um, <laughs> and, and I think that sometimes, especially in our American culture, when we think about getting saved, we think about dying to ourselves one time, like, I accepted Christ. I realized that I was a sinner and I accepted Christ. And, um, you know, but sanctification and, and the ongoing process of growing in the Lord it's a lot of deaths every day, and it's a lot of lives that are ready to come right behind it and, and, and pick it up. And so Jessie's going to come back in a minute, and she's going to sing a song over us. And actually, Mom, Mom and anyone that's willing to volunteer, on the, and Sarah, Mom and Sarah, and then anyone on the side of the room that's willing to help pass these little gifts out, I want to give you these gifts real quick uh, before Jessie comes up. This is, I can guarantee you, you've never received a gift quite like this before. Prepare your heart. <laughs> it's both functional and purposeful. The ultimate, put this on your gift guide, ladies. This is really going to blow your mind. Madison, grab a gift. Okay. So everyone can, <laughs> everyone can open their gift, and then I want to explain why we've given you this gift. <laughs> You've got new socks. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so funny. Yeah, there's all kinds of sizes of socks floating around the room. So if yours look too big or too little, just like eye up the pair next to you. But I got these socks as a reminder for this evening because they are white, like surrender. And, um, and so often it is our feet that are, um, <laughs> that are hesitant to get in line with what the Lord is calling us to do. And so, so I thought that if you just had this special pair of surrender socks, these are my surrender socks, they're very powerful. It's like a superwoman, Kate, right? Because his power rests upon our weakness, right? To li- it, Yes, everything's upside down in, the, in our uh, kingdom culture. But truly, I got these for you. Put them somewhere that on the days where you're like, I'm really struggling to surrender, Put your surrender socks on. And I want you to remember that there's a room full of women who are choosing life as well, who are choosing to surrender, who are choosing to give every weakness to the Lord, every ounce of flesh so that his life and his power might rest upon them. And so it's small, it's simple, and it's silly, but these are white flags of surrender. And sometimes our feet do just need a little bit of help. But right now we're going to deal with our, our heart. So, oh, Sage is a fan. So she's got her power socks. Those are her surrender socks. So I'll turn the lights back down. Um, 
if you if you want prayer with someone, uh, really, there's anyone in this room that could pray with anyone in this room, and that's the beauty beauty of that. Um, but Olivia, Madison, Sarah, Shirley, uh, Mom, if you'll just make yourself available here and there, if you really want someone to come alongside you and pray, like the Lord is working on a place of surrendering your heart that you need to release to Him, we'd be so honored to pray for you in that. But I just want to speak this over us. Father, I just I speak over all of these women in the name of Jesus, your grace and your anointing of surrender, God, that we would be known as the most cheerful givers, the most cheerful givers of our hearts, of our treasures, of our lives, that we would be quick, that we'd be quick to create altars anywhere that we have an opportunity, God, so that your fire might rest upon what you've asked us to either lay down or pick up. So, Father, with surrendered hands and surrendered hearts, we come before you. We thank you, Jesus, for using us and for loving us. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 